everything that we think we want in life is not really what we want. But one of the things I have learned through my work with HeartMath is that actually what we want is the emotional experience we think those things are going to give us. Welcome to the Lively Joy Podcast. Learn how to live your best life with host Sherry McDonald. She believes that every person has the right to be healthy and have a life that they love. Sherry, along with her guest, will help you live your best life by talking about everything from the latest health topics, how to find your passion, longevity, so you can live your best life longer, shifting your mindset, and more. And now, your host, Sherry. Hey, everyone. Today's guest is Dr. Sandra Solano, and she's going to be talking to us about how to connect to our heart and our emotions, and she has exercises to follow along with. So I hope you will participate. Uh, one of the exercises, she had me think about something that made me happy, and it was it was interesting because I had a hard time being put on the spot for one, but to think of something that actually made me happy. Um, so after I was done with the podcast, I um, thought more about it. And I remembered a time where um, at the All Life Center, I um, went to, we were going to make prayer beads and then do a chant, which I'd never done before. So I did, I went to the event, we made the prayer beads, which is 108 beads. And then we had we went into another room where there was something someone playing the Congo drums, someone was uh, playing a guitar, and Sandra was playing these beautiful crystal bowls. Um, Dr. Melinda Cooksey was also there, and she was the chant leader, and she led us into the chant, which her voice is so incredible. Um, and it was one of the the best things it gave me chills and it was one of the best things that I'd ever done. The music was beautiful. And, and this is a time I truly remember being happy, just being there with the music and with the chanting and, and the whole meaning of it. The blue boot, chant means to eliminate not only pain of disease, but also help in overcoming the major inner sickness of attachment, hatred, jealousy, desire, and greed. And boy, do we need that today. So maybe we should um, all do the Blue Buddha chant, <laughs> make the world a better place. So anyway, here she is. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to her and um, do the exercises along with her. Hi, Sandra. Welcome to the podcast. Um, I want you to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hi, Sherry. Thank you so much for inviting me uh, to participate in your podcast. So I am a, a physician originally from Colombia uh, who came here to Central Ohio to do my specialization in preventive medicine. So I graduated from the Ohio State University uh, in preventive medicine and public health. And that had been my career for over 25 years. Uh, so for all measures, I was a very successful professional, but I was uh, no happy and I was no healthy. And I woke up exhausted every morning, went to bed even more exhausted. And I was wondering if I could repeat the next day. That was kind of where I was living. And in my search to find ways to change that reality, I encountered a number of very powerful tools that really made a tremendous difference in my life to bring me to the point where uh, and with the theme of your podcast I think I'm living my best life and um, so I decided that that's what I wanted to do so I have my uh, own practice in New Albany uh, Ohio where I use these tools to facilitate coach and train people to be able to get to that point as well where they can live their most optimal life so you have um, three key points that you want to talk about. So can you go ahead and start with the first point? I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Yes. So, you know, when we have uh, emotions, when we live our emotional life, how we feel about our life, about situations, about relationships, um, something that I really always like people to understand is that most of your emotions are actually automatic. There are automatic responses that are happening below your consciousness. 
They are happening actually in the center of the brain in a part that's called the limbic system. And it, it is, bypasses consciousness, bypasses thought. And those emotional reactions for most of us were recorded in our nervous system by age seven. We go through trauma. Now you will think, why will we have something so automatic and apparently out of our control? And actually it's very uh, adaptive to survival, right? You don't want to have to think too much about whether there is a snake in the bush or is that a tiger? <laughs> you want to be able to have a quick emotional reaction to decide what, how you feel about the situation. So our brain looks for those patterns and creates react reactions to those patterns that are effective or give us what we want. So whatever in our environment when we were children uh, gave us food, care, safety, uh, attention, uh, withdrew us from danger or discomfort or pain, those become our reactions. So when our brain looks the environment and looks a pattern that looks like the same, like, oh, that person said, I don't like your jacket. Before when people would tell me I don't, I don't like something, maybe it was a dangerous situation and I'm going to withdraw and say nothing. Or maybe I fought and that's what kept people away from me so they wouldn't criticize me and I wouldn't feel uncomfortable. So whatever those patterns worked, then we start repeating them. They become embedded and they become automatic. So and when we are stressed, when we our resilience has been spent, we call it when our battery is discharged, mm -hmm. uh, we go even more and more into those automatic patterns. So we withdraw more from our, we call it cortical function or our thinking functions, and we default to what is more automatic. So I like to say to people when I work with my clients, if you look around the last two and a half years and you or your family or your coworkers have been behaving like seven-year-olds throwing temper tantrums, that's exactly what is happening. We are just going to the most automatic, more primitive reflexes that we have. Um, and another thing that happens in our physiology is that when we go to those automatic responses and engage into an emotion that is depleting, that is defensive, that is fight flight, uh, automatic, uh, that is very primitive, uh, that happens is the thinking part of your brain, which is in your cortex, disconnects. So we all have had that experience of like, I was so scared to remember my name or kind of remember my phone number or uh, for students, they are taking a test and they become so anxious, they cannot even remember anything, even though they may have a study. So that happens because our brain disconnects the thinking part of our brain. So um, that's where we are working. Because the good news is that changing those responses is a trainable skill. And before I move forward, I want to check to see if you have any comments or questions about that. You know, it's very interesting that something at that young age can make a difference later in our lives that, that you know, it's, it's ingrained in our brains. So I, I work, uh, I was trained with an institute in California that's called the HeartMath Institute. It's a research institute that has um, done research uh, for 30 years and has 300 peer review articles um, on how we can stop and pause this automatic reaction and being able to change and program new reactions. So it's almost like getting a software upgrade. How can we then now have new responses and not have to respond like seven-year-olds? And what HeartMath has found is that uh, emotions affect our heart rhythm. So that's the first thing that they found. When we feel depleting emotions, like an anger, frustration, um, sadness, our heart rhythm becomes very chaotic. And when we have emotions that are um, renewing, like joy and care and compassion, um, calm, our heart rhythm becomes more coherent. It coordinates better the activity between the heart and the brain. So that's one of the things that we use. We also can create a more coherent heart rhythm through breathing. So we are going to be able to create a heart rhythm, that's the objective, 
perspective is we're going to change our heart rhythm to a rhythm that is going to take us out of those automatic responses, is going to return the functioning of our thinking brain, the cortical part of the brain, and being able to uh, start imprinting new emotional reactions to what uh, we are seeking uh, to experience. And the good thing is that the brain has a power that is amazing and that we can take advantage of it. And that power is that remembering a situation causes the same emotional reaction and all the changes in your body, 1400 different biochemical cascades starts with emotion, that if you are in the middle of the situation, so we can use the memory of the experience of a situation or an emotion to intentionally activate that emotion in our body. So I, I know that that sounds very abstract. So I, I prefer, instead of talking a lot about science, which I love, and have a science lecture, would you be willing to just uh, be your own uh, uh, science lab and experience how this works? I would love that. Okay, great. So I want you to think about a situation in the last 72 hours or so, something that may have been upsetting or sad, not something very big, but something that may have bothered you. And I, I'm not going to ask you, and I'm going to invite the audience to do the same. Just think about something that may have bothered you lately. And I'm not going to ask you what that is, but if you can tell me what emotions that situation created. Uh, anxiety. Anxiety, great. And now that you remember the situation and that emotion, why are you noticing in your body? Because I didn't think about it. Mm -hmm. I didn't think about, you know, what was going on in my body or, you know, what, what can I do about this to lessen the stress? Yes, yeah, so you hadn't even noticed how that was affecting your body. And now that you remember, are you noticing anything in your body right now? It, it's funny you said that because I would never pay attention to that. But I do feel like that stress coming back. I feel, a, mm -hmm. you know, I can, but I would have never known that if you wouldn't have asked me that. Yes, so, because we, we really are not aware how emotions are in our physiology most of the time. It's just going in the background. And actually what is happening right now, I was a little bit mean, I apologize, because by asking you to remember it, I got you to release 1400 chemicals that are changing your physiology right now. Wow. One of the ones that we said is cortisol, the stress hormone. And it's not, there's nothing wrong with cortisol. Cortisol is necessary for life. It's necessary to wake up in the mornings. But when we have sustained chronic for a long period of time, high levels of cortisol that becomes toxic to our body. So what you are feeling is that rush of those hormones again, going through your body and creating the sensation your body felt during the situation. So I'm going to teach you a tool to just close the spigot of hormones because I don't want to leave you there. Thank um, you. But to be able to go through the tool, I want to invite you then to a different experience. I want you to remember something that was really uplifting, something that really renewed you, filled up with the energy in the, recently. I want you to think about a situation, remember where it happened, was it day, night, and for your audience, some of you may not be able to remember something because when we have been in five life for a long time, we cannot remember renewing things. So a little trick is to look at your environment right now and think about your circumstances in this moment and find something to sincerely appreciate. Doesn't have to be huge. Right now, I'm really sincerely appreciating that the more that was by my window right before we start recording has moved away. So I'm sincerely <laughs> appreciating that. <laughs> so it can be, I, I, I work with a lady that she appreciated the smell of chocolate chip cookies coming out of the oven. It can be anything. Just something that you can sincerely appreciate. And, 
And now notice what's happening to your body when you connect to that emotion and the memory of that emotion. What do you notice? I feel like I'm just thinking about that makes me calmer, makes me feel more relaxed. Yes. And how quickly happens, right? Yeah. Just connected to that memory and connected to that feeling. So now we are reverting that chemical reaction and secreting a new compound. It's called DHEA. Actually, in the physical fitness world, people are very aware of DHEA because improved physical fitness is actually considered a performance enhancing drug. So if you're an elite athlete, you cannot take it. I worked with some elite athletes. They cannot take DHEA. But the tool that I'm about to teach you, if you practice this tool five minutes a day for six weeks, you can double your blood levels of DHEA without taking anything external to you. Does that sound interesting to you? Sounds great. That's five minutes a day, six, six yeah. weeks. Yes. Six weeks. I'm ready. So this is like lifting your emotional muscle five minutes a day. <laughs> That's how I tell people. This is just like emotional fitness training. Now, can you do it any time of the day? Can you do it right before you go to bed or does it matter? Any time of the day. And this is the beauty of these tools. Those five minutes, really think about it like your gym exercise, right? Uh, but just because you do biceps in the gym and lift weights doesn't mean you're not going to lift and use your biceps when you lift your groceries. You're yeah. going to use them during the day too. So this is the same thing. Is This is the weight lifting, the five minutes. But we're, we can use these tools anytime, any moment. Uh, in the middle of a crisis, in the middle of a situation, uh, I work a lot with healthcare organizations and healthcare workers, and we teach them these tools so they can respond to emergencies and stressful situations with more clarity and with more emotional regulation and being able to uh, see, be more creative and respond better uh, to each situation. So this, these are meant to be used during the moment, but the more you practice, the easier they become to remember or to use them. So this tool that I'm sharing with you is actually HeartMath has made it a public domain because we want to give it to as many people as possible. So once you learn it, I'd be glad to send you the steps and then uh, you're free to share it with anybody, with okay. family and friends, because we want this to be given to as many people as possible. This is one of 44 tools that we use, but this one is very powerful. So are you right? I'm ready. Thank you for sharing. So this has two steps. The first one is a breathing a step. And I'm going to explain it to you first. And then we're going to do it together. So probably you know a lot of breathing techniques. And your audience probably knows a lot of breathing techniques. So did, why another breathing technique? Uh, this brain technique doesn't want to change anything in your body or the brain in this coherence, this uh, synchronicity between your brain and your heart. So we're going to start by saying, focus your attention in the area of the heart, which creates your brain connection with the heart. Your brain goes like, oh, do you want me to pay attention here? I'm going to then put more resources to see what's happening in the heart. We have heart cells in the brain that are listening to the heart rhythm. So we are connecting and saying, okay, listen to what is happening here. And then we're going to say to imagine your breath is flowing in and out of your chest or heart area. And that's just the sensory imagination increases the communication. So all this is about communicating, turn on the, the, the signal and then say, pay really attention to this area. For some of us, uh, when I started this program, I had a lot of trauma. So it's hard to focus in a body part. It's hard to bring attention or awareness to a body part. So as you begin to practice, you can always put your hand in the chest or a finger or something that just creates sensation in that area so that you can bring awareness to that area. Then I'm going to say breathing a little bit slower and deeper than usual. This is not deep breath. This is not deep breath exercise. It's your normal rhythm where we're trying to do is even your inhales and your exhales so the suggestion is five seconds inhales five seconds exhale or whatever rhythm is comfortable 
But I'd like to also tell people, just count your inhale right now. Just count your inhale. And try to make your exhale that same length. So just by paying attention to our inhale, we're already slowing it down and make it deeper. That's as much change as we want. We want you to be able to use this while having a conversation. So it's not big change in your breathing. We're just making it even. A sincere attempt to experience our regenerative emotions, such as appreciation or care for someone or something in your life. How was that for you? Mm, relaxing. It's amazing in that little bit of time how, how my breathing changed and how more, much more relaxed I got in that little bit of time. And that was just 30 seconds. Wow. And, and that's what we would do for five minutes. Yes. Five minutes. And sometimes we just have to build up to it. Yeah. So it's a perfect example. 30 seconds to start building up. Okay. Yeah. The 30 seconds seemed longer than 30 seconds, but it was because I felt like I relaxed so much in that little bit of time. This is how we start reconditioning our body to start experiencing life a little bit differently because what is happening right now is that we are changing your physiology and creating a new standard of how you want to feel. So I don't know if Sherry, if you have ever have this, but for me, it was so frustrating because I have read so many books, I have done so many practices and I knew I didn't want other people to affect how I was feeling. I knew I wanted to be more positive. I knew what I wanted to be in my life, but it seemed like I couldn't wrestle myself into that. People will trigger me and they still do. This is not a, a, a permanent Zen people. <laughs> they are just less intense now and I can recover faster. Okay. Uh, but before it was just, my, my daughters said it best. I will get upset on Monday and that's it. The weekend is over. That's that there's going to be three days before I can function again or have anything good happening. So now that's not how I'm functioning. I still get triggered. I still get upset. I still get sad. But one, I can recognize very fast where I'm, I am in emotionally. And then now I have the tools to start shifting how I'm feeling emotionally. So that's very empowering. Because it, then the, my emotional experience becomes something that is within my power. And I can become the source of what I'm really seeking. And what it's doing is pausing those automatic responses, increasing the awareness that we are having an automatic response, and then being able to change how that response is, is affecting us. And it's all by, by changing um, our heart rhythm. So if your audience is curious, where is this heart rhythm changing thing? I want to invite you to, if you have a piece of paper, uh, to draw two lines. The first line, I want you to draw a line that looks like that, an earthquake reading, like a little um, uh, seismograph reading of an earthquake, a ragged, crazy line. And right below it, to draw a line that looks like rolling hills, those gentle rolling hills. So Sherry, when you were feeling anxious, when you were remembering that anxiety, did you feel more like the top line or the bottom line? Definitely the top line. And now that you did this quick coherence, did you feel more like the top line or the bottom line? The bottom line. Fantastic. Can you guess what those lines represent? heart rate the heart rhythm, rhythm. so we, our heart rate changes from heartbeat to heartbeat and when we monitor it we call heart rate variability that's a representation of rhythm so when we feel those depleting emotions our heart rhythm is going to um, look more that like that um, line on the top and when we have renewing emotions we the heart rhythm changes to that right on the bottom we call the, those rolling waves coherence. It's a coherent heart rhythm. 
And then our heart, our brain, and our immune system are working in energetic coordination and they become more effective. Makes a lot of sense. So it's something I feel like I can do, you know, five minutes a day. And is it is it more effective if say say you went to the grocery store and you're in traffic and you're like, you know, you, everybody's in your way and you don't have much time and 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 you get home and you're just putting away groceries and and you're stressed. Is that a good time to do it or is it should it be done like again in the morning or at night or does it does it make any difference? So I like to recommend that people have a, a practice time. And this is the great news. Like my practice time, like my first practice, I do it in the shower in the mornings. So I don't have to light up candles. I don't have to do any of that to be able to, to breathe, right? I have to think about something that is going to be renewing for my body. I can do that in the shower while I'm, I'm, I'm taking my shower. You can do it while you're doing your dishes, while you're driving to work. So you can really put it in any time of your day. Even adding it to other practices that you may have. You may do it uh, during warm-up before exercise, the beginning of your yoga class, or before meditation actually will improve all those things, will actually get better. So this is not something you have to add something else. Believe me, when I was at the, before Harmad and all the tools I use, one more thing in my life did not have a space, <laughs> not even for five minutes. So it's not so much about the um, being in a Zen moment or like you said, lighting a candle. It's about just the breath work. So the inhale and the exhale five seconds is more about that than it is about being quiet and relaxed at the time. Correct. Exactly. Okay. So it's more about that, that even inhale, inhale, but you focus your attention in the heart and activating. So we, we, we call this quick steps, heart focused breathing and activate and renew an emotion. Those are the two things you have to remember. And it's, it's about that having that emotional activation to get all those good chemicals, all that DHCA flowing through your body, and then having the breath pattern facilitating that heart rhythm. So this is not something you have to stop your life. We like to say, you don't have to stop your life to connect to your heart. What we want you is to live your life connected to your heart. So if you're in traffic, you could do that breathing in your car and calm yourself down by just doing it in your car. So it's really anywhere, anytime of the day. Exactly. So we also recommend you to think about it strategically, right? When can I use this in my day? And I invite your audience to start answering those questions, write it down for you, a contract with yourself. Where will this week, can I use this technique to prepare for something? Like before a meeting, before I have a conversation, before I get out of the car to um, do groceries, because maybe groceries may be nervous. I mean, just think <laughs> about your day. Where are you feeling you are not being the person you want to be in that moment? And how you can use it to prepare before that moment? And it can take 30 seconds, like you not you, you notice. Yeah, right. But like I said, we're still going to have emotions. We're humans. Things are going to happen. We are going to sometimes be extend our capacity. So I know you're a physical trainer, Sherry, so you appreciate this. We have to think about our emotional muscle like our physical muscles. Sometimes something is too heavy to lift. It happens. Just because you are working out doesn't mean that you're going to be able to lift your car. <laughs> maybe eventually yeah maybe <laughs> but no when you start with the two-pound weight right right that's right so yes, so sir. then if you're training somebody with two-pound weights and they they tell you okay so how do i get to lift the 50 pounds what did you tell them sherry keep doing it keep working at it keep working at it right but it's not good expectation to think you're going to be able to lift the 50 yeah, and it's right. not even work right so if they try and they cannot do it, but sometimes you even have to like, well, now we have to recover from that, right? <laughs> that, yeah. that was, uh, it happened to me in my workout today. I went for a little bit too much of a weight and I was like, ooh, that kind of didn't feel good. So I put that weight down and I took a lower weight and then I have to let my muscle kind of warm up again and recover, right? right. So this is the same thing. We can also use this tool to recover from when something happened. So just because you lost it, or you were like, well, that could have gone better. 
<laughs> or I'm feeling pretty, pretty bad right now. That doesn't mean that game over. That doesn't mean that now you became aware that that's where you want, where, that's where you are. And then you can say, huh, do, do I want to recover from this? Do I want to reset? So we call that shift and reset, shift into a new state and use it to, to reset to a place where you want to be. Because at the end of the day, sure, and I know this was my third point that I wanted to make sure that your audience understood, is that everything that we think we want in life is not really what we want. When we think about our most perfect life, people tend to make a list, right? I had my list. I wanted a Tesla parked in my driveway. <laughs> I wanted a, a big fat checking account. I wanted to be able to travel six months out of the year. Oh, I, I wanted like a good all life. these things. Yeah, <laughs> that was my idea, my ideal life of an amazing life, right? But one of the things I have learned through my work with HeartMath is that actually what we want is the emotional experience we think those things are going to give us. I'm going to invite you to another exercise. Thank you for will be willing to play with me. Of course. It's kind of difficult to understand sometimes. What do I mean that we don't want what we want and we want emotions? So I would like to invite you to do an exercise. It's a, it's a thought experiment. I want you to think if right now, if I were a genie and said, Terry, I can grant you one wish in life to get to your most fantastic life. You don't have to tell me what it is. Just think about it. What do you want? The one thing that you want the most in life that you think that is going to just create a tremendous difference in your life right now. And now I want you to think how would you feel if you get that? And if you don't mind to share with me the feeling, how do you feel if you get that? Less stressed. Well, so that's what you will have less of. What would you okay. have more of? Happiness. Ha happiness. Yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. Joy. So again, to see uh, for your listeners, just notice when our brains go into, we want less of something that we don't want, right? And I always like to make that correction. So if you notice that, and if you notice that happening when you start putting your intentions or what you want in life, I want you to notice that without judgment. But the reason I corrected it, because our brain works a little bit like Google Maps or Siri. So if I tell Siri, do not take me to Walmart, what does Siri do? Take you to Walmart. Setting, setting course to Walmart. Yes. <laughs> I'm setting the route to Walmart, right? That's the same thing that our brain does. We say, I don't want to stress. Our brain starts noticing more distress because we told them to pay attention to that. So another thing to keep in mind as okay. we, we notice is, and, and again, there's nothing wrong. There's no judgment about it. It's just about noticing and understanding what happens to the brain when we say things in certain ways. So you're going to be more happy if you get this. Yes. Fantastic. I'm going to offer you a deal, Sherry, to get your wish. Remember the first thing that the, the thing you wanted to feel more happy? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, so this is the deal. You are getting the thing. But the, the price to pay for that thing is you will never feel happy about it. Ready to make the deal? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I have never had takers yet. <laughs> I don't think so. That's what we need. You want the emotional experience that you think getting that thing is going to give you. So if I give you the thing and I tell you, but you will never get the emotional experience, people are like, ah, no. No, yeah, no so deal. Oh, because you don't want the thing. Now, you, you, now is that, does that help to see how you, you want right. the emotional experience that you think that thing is going to give you. So one 
of the gifts that HeartMath has given me personally, and I work with my clients to um, develop, is that we can become the source of the emotional experience we want without getting any of the things. Through the breathing? Through training, yeah. Through activating that emotion frequently, more often. Just start seeing and experiencing life through those emotions we want to have and having more of them more often. Then we start changing how we react to our environment. And this is the part that seems a little bit magic. There is a lot of reasons why this happened. But the more we are the self-source of that thing that we're the emotion we want to have, the more possibilities open to obtain the thing we want. I like that. So it's a little twist in manifestation. <laughs> we're, we're not manifesting the thing. We are creating the emotion. Makes sense. And it's, it doesn't seem like it would be a hard thing to do every day in your life. It is not. That's why we can change the way that we feel very quickly and transform how we're feeling about life very quickly. Because if you can spend more time of your life self-activating happiness, self-creating happiness inside you, doesn't matter what happens outside you, now you are in power of your emotional experience. And so what kind of uh, response do you get from your patients uh, as far as how does it change their lives? How does it make them to live a better life? Yes, so it, it, it's quite magical. I, I'm so lucky to do what I do because uh, the transformations come from people that are paralyzed with anxiety or depression that start being functional again. Uh, people that overwhelm and stress about to quit their jobs, questioning their life choices, start having joy and are able to find meaning in life again. Um, and the other thing that is absolutely extraordinary, and there's a lot of science of why this happened because we're changing the chemical physiology of our body. Uh, a lot of chronic medical conditions start improving. And actually, we have a lot of research, a lot of the research data has to do with that. So I have people with hypertension or diabetes. I myself was diagnosed with asthma at age 11, and now I'm completely drug-free, and I no longer have asthma episodes. Uh, so the biology of your body also changes and shifts. One of the things that... Um, we're trying to find a partner. We don't have published data yet because we're trying to find a partner, but by looking at the physiology of long COVID, uh, it, it was clear that there's a lot of, of dysregulation, especially with the autonomic nervous system. And I have now started working with, with some patients with long COVID and getting back into a regulated autonomic nervous system using these techniques, because that's really where we're affecting is the nervous system and the immune system. And those are two of the systems that are really affected in long COVID. So it has emotional impact, but also has physiological impact on your life. And then I also work with, you know, with elite athletes that are just improving their mm -hmm. performance by leaps and bounds uh, because of the physiological changes and, and being able to bring more focus uh, to their lives. So, uh, the one that's closest to my heart is the work that I do with healthcare providers and being able to reconnect them with the source of joy of their profession, the reason why they join their profession, and to be able to uh, see them learning to experience compassion in a way that is not depleting to them, but it's actually renewing and, and return their joy of the work that they do. It's, it has been also some of the most rewarding experiences that I have had. Wow. So as, along with the breathing, the, um, the emotional part and thinking about the happiness or the, the emotion that you want to bring into your life is, are those connected? Do you do them at the same time? Mm 
Yeah, so the breathing alone already is powerful. Just doing that first step, the heart focus breathing, that's all you can do, go for it. That already is pausing the automatic response. The emotional activation is just bringing a chemical reaction in your body that is more long lasting, right? Because you cannot be breathing five seconds in, five seconds out all day long. But if you activate the emotion, now we have a chemical release in our bloodstream that's going to last for a long time. So it becomes more sustainable and it has like after effects. It's, it's just being sustained throughout the day. Hmm. Yeah, I studied Chinese medicine. And one of the things we do when we do Qigong is have keep a smile on our face. And it's supposed to the same thing with the chemical reaction from just with the smile on your face. Yes, actually, there is a, a direct connect between the muscles in your face and the limbic system. So when we smile, that tells the, the, the limbic system, something good must be happening that we may have missed. <laughs> and then they start secreting. No, it really, that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's, They're called afferent uh, signals. And then the, the brain responds in, 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 in the same way. It's very similar to what we're doing. What we're doing okay. is making your heart to smile. Oh, Getting to that little rolling, rolling wave, rolling hill wave. So when we make the heart going into that wave and make your heart to smile, then the brain goes, oh, wait, we must be safe. So we don't have to be in defense mode anymore. We're not in emergency mode anymore. Turn off the alarms. We can start repairing and renewing because that signal, that rhythm is still in the brain. You are safe. So we're creating our own safety. Yeah, I love that. So I think doing the... Um... The breathing and then putting a smile on your face and thinking about that emotion. Wow, that can be pretty powerful. And that's the other thing is that's why I love hard math is because you add it to anything that you do, and then your results starts getting exponentially better. Not just I work with a lot of people that are in therapy, I work with a lot of therapists. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, one of the things that 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 is amazing to see is people that have been in their therapy and maybe have gotten a start, all of a sudden they start making so many improvements because remember the other thing that happens is your thinking brain turns back on. It becomes more available to you. And when you are in therapy, you are going through thinking brain. You're learning things, you're trying to analyze things, learning this is what I want to do, this is a new skill. But the moment I get angry, that part of my brain that has that information gets off. So that information is not available to me anymore. So now we bring a tool that is giving me access back to that part of the brain that has the answers that I've been working with my therapist. And now I can start implementing and creating the, those new patterns into my nervous system until we make them automatic. Now, how long, I know that you must do much more than what you're telling me right now, which is huge you know, can make a, a great difference in a person's life. So um, with what you do, is there a lot more to um, working with that person? Or is it kind of just mostly just helping them through whatever they're, what's going on and how to correct that? When you work with me, we learn other skills. This is just one skill. There is 44 skills that we can learn. Uh, the, the basic program has seven skills. Uh, including decision-making, skills for decision-making, for communication, for uh, clarity uh, to bring. And then we, we start implementing them in your life. We find points in your life where you are going to implement them. What I love is that I don't need to know anything. I, I don't have the answers. All I, I'm training you is to go into your own heart and being able to activate your brain and being able to come to your own answers and empower you to that become your modus operandi that at the end, you're going to be able to really use your own muscles to like, it's like a rehab program, right? <laughs> With physical therapy. You don't want to be there all the time. You want to give the person the ability to walk themselves or lift themselves or move themselves or the maximum level of function you can bring them to. And then some people want, well, I want more. Some people want, like, I want to become stronger every day. I want this to become something that I want to be doing in my life. So those are the people that work long-term with me uh, that then we really go into a lot of deep issues and um, with trauma and um, being able to 
becoming in a we call it an evolutionary process. So it's, it's there's the rehab phase and then there is the evolution phase where then we can just start taking advantage of those muscles to really change um, deeper how you are going through life. And um, most of the people that were long-term with me, they really want to know how to live the hard blueprint, how to be able to live their mission, how to be able to be the person that they want to be and make the difference they want to make make world. Wow, that's wonderful. That's um, amazing that you do that and you love it and you can make such a difference in everyone's lives. So I'm sure that you know even the the people listening to this can really make a difference in their life just by the the breathing and the you know thinking of the emotion. So we thank you for that. Oh, so thank you for inviting me. I have a couple yeah, quick questions that I like to ask my guests. Uh, one of them is, um, you know, what do you feel like living your best life is? I know you had talked about that in the beginning, being your work, but do you have anything else to say about that? Yes. So this is so interesting because I was uh, in a return trip from Greece and it was a long flight and there was this amazing human sitting next to me and then he asked me, what is your dream life? Oh. So I have already answered because he already asked me that question. Oh. And, and I, I am definitely living my best life. And the reason for that is because I have dedicated my life to my own self-improvement, to the evolution of my own experience in service of humanity. Because when I solve the conflicts within me, when I solve the wars within me, when I solve the prejudices within me, I am contributing to peace and love and inclusion and diversity in the world. And it's not just a, a fair, like, oh, that sounds so nice, pink glasses. Actually, there is science behind that. Every time that I solve conflict within me, I produce a magnetic field that is more clear, that is more coherent, and that magnetic field is influencing people around me. It's influencing what is happening in the world. Um, the more I teach this to people, that's why I like to give these gifts because every time you practice quick coherence, your field becomes more coherent. It joins all the fields of other people being more coherent. And then it's your personal work, your personal living, your mission, and feeling in joy in that living that changes the world so whatever your thing that is your conflict or feeling is stuck when you move forward you're moving all of us forward and being able to do that intentionally every single day that's living my best life that's wonderful and i i think the more that i listen to people on the podcast and to others you are all helping me to live a better life because of the words that you say have a lot of thought and and just make me want want to be better and to change so and i'm sure that goes around like you said you know uh, other people you know you influence other people just you know by their thoughts so and the other question is um is there a book that changed your life a book that made us a, a big difference in your life huh that's another good question and actually, yes, because, and I have to say, I was coming to all of this very skeptically. I was, I am a scientist. I was trained as an epidemiologist. Data is my, my king. And even though there was a lot of science about everything that I do, I was still very skeptical. Like, ah, this, this is kind of weird. <laughs> How is this going to do things? And in medicine, one of the biggest things that we have is this called the placebo effect, right? And how I was trained was to think it's like, oh, all this is placebo. Like you are just making it happen. Like if it were a bad thing. Um, and there was a book from Joe Dispenza that is called You Are the Placebo that really opened my understanding of what is placebo that we dismiss as like, oh, well, that's, it just happened in your head. So and really just shows how our brain, our thoughts and our emotions actually create real changes in our physiology and our bodies. And that saying that something was placebo, but really what we're saying is 
you are so powerful that you are making that change without anything external to you making it happen. And that is the, the foundation of what I want every single person I work with and every single person that's listening to this is that you are that powerful. It's funny, I'm reading a book right now and it's your body believes every word you say. And very similar, yes. Yeah, yeah, so it so is. Because very, I just have the very scientific approach and it has tons of studies. And so that was resonating with me, it kind of took down all my resistance to it because it showed me with science that actually this is a real effect. <laughs> what we dismiss as placebo is actually an admirable capacity that we have of changing our physiology just with thought and emotion alone. Wow, thank you for sharing that. I'm gonna check that book out for sure. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. It's been great. And uh, hopefully um, you'll join us again sometime. Oh, thank you for reminding me that I really, really appreciate so much that you're putting this together in this forum for people to really uh, find many ways. There's no only one way. There's many ways right. to be able to live their best life. So thank you so much. Wow. This podcast was really powerful. It was, I have to say, it was hard for me uh, when Sandra talked about trauma and mm -hmm. how it might be harder to do the exercise. I did find it hard to, um, to do. I, in the last two years, I've lost four family members. And when, when she said to think about, you know, something positive, something good um, that made me happy, I actually had a hard time, um, you know, thinking about something like that. So I am going to work on this and, and do some of this hard work. And I will let you guys know um, in a later podcast um, if it's helped me. So um, I love doing the podcast. That does make me happy. But, um, you know, just in, in general, there's a lot going on in my life right now, as everyone else in the, in the world as well. So we just got to, you know, be positive and think of joy every day, get up with a smile on our face. So we get that hormone running through our body that says we're happy. So anyway, um, that was a great podcast. I have notes in, uh, in the notes. I have uh, Sandra's information on where you can contact her and her free offer. It's a 30 minute consultation. So I would highly recommend that you take her up on that. So thanks for listening and see you next time. Thank you for taking your time to listen to the Lively Joy podcast. Check out the show notes below with links mentioned in this episode. And please take a moment to subscribe. That helps others find the show. Feel free to share this podcast with your family and friends. And if you'd like, you can also follow us on social media. See the links below. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you next time with more on living your best life.